So, hey, y'all, welcome to Beyond 1894. It's Louisiana Tech University's official podcast. Today, I've got uh, two folks who are very important to our university in, in studio with us today. Um, we're here to talk about master plan and building and roads and parking and all those wonderful things. Um, I have in here Associate Vice President for Administration and Facilities, Sam Wallace. That's a mouthful. And then Vice President for Student Advancement, Dr. Dickey Crawford. Um, so Dickey and Sam, thank y'all for joining me today. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Excited. Um, so we talked, before we hit record in here, we were talking about the master plan and how our university has changed so much in recent years. And we've seen roads and we've seen buildings come up and... Um, what people might not know is that there is a master plan that's behind all this. So, Sam, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Actually, there, there are three master plans. And if you look at the history of the campus, you can see the growth in the time. A lot of the buildings happened in the uh, early 1970s during the space race, and the buildings looked the same. And we built as quickly as we could, and uh, the appearance of the campus changed with those structures. But about 18 years ago, we were looking at the future of the campus with the vision of Research Park, uh, which we now refer to as the Enterprise Campus. And a lot of universities were putting their research parks where the uh, research and private entities and students and faculty uh, worked together uh, for improvement. They were putting them off the campus, several miles away from the campus. We hired under the president's, uh, now president's uh, direction, a consortium of architects and planners who did a lot of research, looked at the community, looked at tech, its culture, where we are, and the decision was made to make the research park um, part of the campus, and we've referred that as to as the enterprise campus. Where it's located when we were, this planning was going on was uh, – Trailer parks, uh, rundown businesses, um, uh, light utility, light construction, a concrete plant, and it was between the campus and the city of Ruston. Well, the vision was to better link the campus and the city together. We're just a very short walk away. So the master planners set standards. We're going to stay with the same brick colors. We're going to stay with a lot of the common elements of the campus, primarily before the space race era, the, the buildings that are traditional that you think of in higher education, Keeney and Bogart and Howard. Um, but they set standards for what the Enterprise campus was gonna look like, how far the buildings were gonna be from the road, uh, the utilities. We were gonna be green. We weren't just going to um, haul off the water or let it drain off. We were gonna have rain gardens and water detention, um, all those elements were put in there. So with the master plan in hand, the university worked with the city and there was a grant and some donations from the foundation and Homer Street was reworked. Put the utilities underground, we dealt with drainage. It allowed for the efficient construction of Tech Point, of the business building, and then later uh, the College of Engineering building. But we only improved, and the city only improved Homer Street. 
Well, we've got Louisiana, we've got Texas, we've got Dan Renault was Arizona, and all those roads have got utilities that were not designed for a campus growth, were not designed for current industry, and the city, university, community uh, applied for grants. There is a lot of construction going on, not just on those three streets, but the city is in the middle of about $25 million worth of utility street improvement. Um, that's going to help the campus. It's going to give us good sidewalks, good lighting, utilities for expansion and growth, buildings that we haven't even designed and, and um, have thought about designing, but we haven't designed them and placed them and gotten funding for them. But we're also putting in infrastructure that's going to allow us to do smart city testbed, research on how people walk, how people drive, uh, the technology, the cell phones, uh, using the cameras to be predictive of, of, again, traffic and crime and all of those things. But we're putting in a lot of uh, work. Um, these grants were not supposed to happen all at one time. Uh, the city had three grants. They've got other grants in the city. It just so happens that when you look at funding and uh, the review of the plans and designs and the bidding, they all came about at the same time. And we're going to have no way to sugarcoat it, a rough time this fall. We're going to have to plan. We're going to have to think about where we're going because roads are going to be closed. Sidewalks are going to be closed. It's going to be a lot harder to get from the buildings to the campus and to the city. Um, but after a few short months, we're going to start seeing improvements and that will be part of the future. Um, those of us that are here will remember how rough it was, but the people that come after us are going to see the improvements and, and um, uh, see the growth and, and the advantages that we're, we're going to see from that. Well, and that is one thing that Dickey's area has been working to accommodate those, this, the parking challenges, the walking challenges, the, those, those challenges that we've got on the side of the campus that is growing with the city. Um, so tell us, Dickey, about the shuttle, because I, I know that our students are kind of super excited about this shuttle. Well, as a result of what Sam just described on the east side of campus, um, we knew that that was going to be disruptive for a period of time, for a short period of time. And so we wanted to try to accommodate uh, the students, pr primarily the commuter students who will be coming to campus looking for a place to park. Many of our students have been parking on the east side of campus, going to the College of Engineering, College of Business, uh, Carson Taylor Hall, those type of areas. And so that's going to be disrupted for a period of time and less parking available for commuter students in that part of campus. So we just recently built uh, a large parking lot on the west side of campus where the old softball field was and soccer field was. And so that parking lot has not been greatly used uh, in the last year, year and a half. Uh, the demand just wasn't there yet, but now it will be needed. And so we're encouraging our commuter students to park there in where possible walk, because it'll be about a 10 to 12 minute walk from there to the College of Engineering. But we will have a shuttle bus available that will begin at 7 a.m. and go to 1 p.m., which is predominantly that class schedule time, and that will be making the rounds, taking students from the 
west side of campus at that parking lot to the east side primarily around the College of Engineering, College of Business. We will have other stops available as well as needed. And we'll just monitor that over the um, fall and winter quarter to see what the demand is, that's how many students need it, how many students use it, and, and then go from there. But the original plan would be just to um, primarily help the commuter students go from the parking on the uh, west side of campus to the east side of campus. Well, that, that I know is something that we've heard students talk a lot. Our student workers talk about that. Um, they're excited about it. Uh, but one thing that we are really excited about is watching the latest of the new housing facilities come up because they are, you know, they've, they've taken and modernized that side of, of Tech Drive there. And I, I know that we had two that opened up this year. So that was Cottingham and Richardson, right? Correct. That's correct. And what will be opening in the fall? Uh, well, Mitchell uh, Hall, which will be opening probably winter quarter uh, for us. And so we'll, we'll have another 200 beds there. So Cottingham and Richardson were 400 beds, so 400 students living in that area. And then we'll open Mitchell up this year for another 200 beds. These are both a combination of suite-style housing as well as um, upgraded residential uh, dormitory type of housing that the students uh, wanted. And so anytime we went in, we've gone into a new housing project or looking at a new housing project, we always do focus groups with students and talk to students about what they think we need to do next, what kind of housing, what type of housing, where, uh, price points. And so we always get the feedback from the students. And this project... Uh, was greatly driven by what the students said was needed on this campus. They looked around at, at what we had as far as apartments and private rooms, and they felt like we needed this type of, a, of a amenities uh, that would meet the, not only today's students, but the students coming behind them that are high school students or junior high students. And so this is what we've developed, developed for since uh, the last couple of years, and hopefully be finishing up this year. And around that housing will be multi multi-purpose, multi-use green space, be intramural fields, fields for our band to practice on, fields for ROTC practice, um, even our kinesiology can do outdoor classroom space out there. So it'll be multi-use green space that will be surrounding that housing as well as a new food, food service concept that will go there beginning this fall as well. Well, I know that, you know, Dickie talked about how the housing needs have changed. And I think we all probably think back to the housing that we lived in when we were in college. And it was, you lived in a shoebox with a roommate, um, hall bathrooms, things like that. Sam was in charge of the project that brought down the last one of those on campus, right? So tell us about Harper and what's gone in where Harper used to be. Well, Harper Hall and actually behind it, much older building, T.H. Harris Hall, which served everything from infirmary to housing and housing support. Those were taken down. We were able to get some some funding from the state to allow those. Uh, we took those down um, with the vision of having the space ready for something else. Then through focus groups and all through uh, student development, um, they are making continual improvements. Last year, uh, when we took the buildings down, it was just basically dirt, and we seeded it. Uh, following that, uh, and I'll let uh, Dickie talk a little more detail of the history, uh, it was more landscape-purposed and linked to uh, Tolliver and the Student Center. 
um, and then some trees planted, which is part of our master plan that we can talk about later. Uh, but on the green to, to improve the outdoor uh, environment of the campus. And then um, more projects are happening right now as we speak. So, uh, Yeah, so when we knew Harper and Harris were going to go away, we started meeting with student groups, student, meeting with SGA, meeting with other student organizations and student groups to dream about what could go in that location, what the students wanted to see that was going to be right next to the Centennial Plaza and the Alumni Bricks. And so we started talking to them and, and finding out what they thought would be needed there. Not again, not just for them, but for students to come behind them. And so what they um, talked about is not going to be able to be done in one year. And we tried not to disrupt that part of the campus, which is the heart of the campus, during the fall, winter, and spring. So most of the work was going to be done in the summer, and we couldn't do it all in one summer. So we've staged it in each summer a little bit at a time. Currently, what is uh, happening there to complement what was done in the previous summers, which was primarily green space and landscaping and sidewalks. This summer, we are replacing this, this seal, the tech seal that's right in the heart of that, right in the middle of the campus, right in the middle of the Centennial Plaza, that needed to be replaced. And the students had said they wanted a water feature to be a part of that. And so we are installing that there, as well as some more landscaping, some more seating, some more furniture, um, some more green space, as well as um, renovating the outdoor staging area that's right there at the corner of Tolliver Hall. And so the students are going to be very excited when they come back in the fall and, and see all that completed as much as we can. We'll, we'll probably have a few little details that will be left to be completed after the fall starts, but most of it will be completed by the beginning of the fall. Well, it looks, it looks awesome and exciting. I, we were walking um, Sunday morning on campus really early, like we did the guys thing really early Sunday morning. And it it looks like it's going to be a wonderful gathering area for our students. And I know in this past year, I've seen more students use that area for events, for pep rally looking things. It just looks like an exciting gathering space. It's been used more than we even anticipated. We knew the students were going to be excited about it, but the students got very excited about that green space and they're using it all throughout the year. In this past year, we even made a decision. We always have the fall convocation, and um, we've been doing that for over a decade. And we usually have it in Howard Auditorium. But due to COVID and some COVID restrictions, we decided the weather was going to cooperate to do it out in that area. And that became a huge hit. And so much so that we think we're going to continue that weather permitting is have the freshman convocation there and then walk from there to the Lady of the Mist. And so that was um, something that you know we didn't even anticipate how popular that space was going to be. And I think it's going to continue to be. The other thing we've done out there is the lighting. We've improved the lighting so it can be used more at night and students feel comfortable and safe being out there at night. And that's been very attractive. So tell us, the lighting is another part of the master plan, right, Sam? Um, and it for our office, it's provided an opportunity for branding, which is really interesting. Um, had a meeting last week to talk about South Campus and how we can do that same thing on South Campus. So tell us about the lighting plans. And, and we've got some light, high-mass lights that are coming down now. So the, the master plan documents we had set standards and actually picked out the type of lighting. And we were using bronze as the color and trying to make these things consistent around the campus. And every project that we built, whether it, um, it be uh, an academic building or the rebuild from the tornado at athletics, we use that lighting standard. 
And so the tornado did damage to the majority of our high mass lights. The last part of that repair is under construction now. So we're, we were able to replace all but four of the high mass lights, which is going to be a lower scale. It's LED. It's more efficient. You don't have as much light pollution. It's creating a really different feel for the campus. So we took that tornado. We've taken some energy savings funds. Uh, and we're linking. So they're linking these together. So you're going to see a consistent appearance, uh, differing light levels depending on where you are, but the appearance is going through, and part of that master plan is, uh, is the lighting, which is that plan came out several years ago. We're just using it as a tool and refer back to so that we remain consistent to the plan. Uh, and that's hopefully by early and fall quarter, the high mass will be gone except for four, and we'll have that lighting in place. So what I hear is that the master plan has been designed, whether they meant to do that or not, has been designed to create a visual memory for our students, our our alums, for our current students, and then prospective students when they come in, that they're Lights are going to be tech lights, you know, brick is going to be tech brick, things like that. Um, we've got a big change that's going on in Tolliver right now, right, Dickie? That's correct. So through our contract with our food service provider, Airmark Corporation, uh, they have gone in and pretty much gutted um, Tolliver. And again, this was done uh, with the input of our students. So we met with focus groups of students over a period of time asking them what would you like to see as far as changes in food services and what kind of concepts would you like and did surveys. And so listening to what the students said they wanted, Airmark Corporation uh, went in and we've got this summer gutted. Um, Tolliver putting in new flooring, um, new lighting, new graphics, new furniture. Also, there'll be a Starbucks in there and a Moe's Mexican Grill. Um, we've expanded the sushi concept that's in there because students really love sushi. And, uh, and we're also remodeling the convenience store that's in that location as well. And all of that should be ready for the fall. It's been a lot of work going on in there. And uh, also this summer, we opened a subway in the student center that will complement that as well. So we'll have in the student center, we'll have our tech table, which is the main dining area. We have Chick-fil-A, we have Subway. Then in Tolliver, we will have Starbucks and Moe's and sushi and a convenience store in our new housing. We'll have a food service concept in there. And then we have one at the Lambright as well. So in all this stuff, uh, all these options are covered by the DCB on people's cards so or that, they take cash, right? So they, yeah, they'll take any uh, type of currency, cash, credit card, uh, but they also, as part of their meal plan, the declining balance part of their meal plan can be used at those locations as well. Okay. All right. Um, so let's talk about um, master plan. And I, I know we opened up talking about master plan and how the master plan has guided our approaches. What do we see coming up? What are those things that we that that we should be prepared to see as far as changes? I think you're going to see more greening of the campus. We uh, have probably planted 500 trees over the last 8 to 10 years uh, through noble tree projects, and then we're putting in our construction projects to to make sure that we landscape and and green around it. We want to make the complete environment uh, around the campus. Um, So we're 
we're continuing that plan. You may not be able to identify as this is tech brick or these are tech lights or tech trees, but you're going to be able to identify the experience as part of being on campus. So you're going to see more noble trees. We're planting. A lot of the trees are old like me and need to be replaced. Um, probably I need to be replaced too. And the um, we're going to make sure that we have the trees and greenery there for those that come behind us because tech is not just four years. It's 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 a, a complete uh, living entity on itself. So you you mentioned noble trees, and we've gone through two phases of noble trees. There's one in the quad. That was the first phase where we worked to um, help our current noble trees um, be more healthy and then plant some new ones to replace other trees that were not doing so well. And then we planted the alley of trees um, that I think may be Dr. Geis's favorite noble trees over there behind Keeney, right? Yes. Um, that connect Keeney to Aspire. So tell us about the third um, phase of noble trees. The area that we're exploring right now is the area uh, around Hale Hall going towards uh, Tolliver and Woodard Hall. That area had some tornado damage, loss of trees, particularly around Hale Hall. We've not replaced those yet. Um, the the pathway was kind of open, but we need to link it with the core of the campus with consistent tree plantings, um, linking in the walkways and the lighting and the seating areas and gathering areas. So we've got, a uh, again, a consistent approach from one end of the campus to the next. So another thing that we know that goes just like the master plan goes through campus, our brick walkway with our alums' names goes through campus. What's the next set and what's happening with, and y'all both can probably answer this because I know that you both deal with this, um, where are the bricks going next? So we just uh, laid the 2020 bricks, and those got us all the way to Railroad Drive right by Hill Hall. And so the next um, bricks that will be 2021 graduates will go on the north side of the railroad track on the north side of the pedestrian bridge. And so those will be uh, put down this summer in August. And then, then the path, and this was uh, part of the master plan, the design from when we first created um, the Centennial Plaza back 20 plus years ago, uh, talking to students and where that would want to go. Uh, and then when we built the first set of apartments in, in the outfield the baseball stadium that was the decision was to take that brick pathway and go through the apartments all the way up to the alumni center so kind of coming full circle that that's an alumni brick walkway going all the way up to the alumni house now that's going to take many many years to get there uh, but that's this is the first step on the north side of the railroad track and so you when students come across the road the pedestrian bridge going over the railroad track they will see the 2021 bricks and that will continue going through the apartments in, in the outfield of the baseball stadium and y'all both have bricks right i have three bricks i've got two wow five bricks so thank y'all for taking the time today to talk to beyond 1894 about where our campus is going what our campus is going to look like in the future and what we've got to look forward to um, I am enjoying greatly seeing all the changes that are happening. So thank y'all. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. 
Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.